0: Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about four things that's hindering God from using you. And later on in the video, we're going to talk about how to position yourself to be more useful to God. But let's get right into my notes. I'm going to get right into some scriptures so that we can really lay some foundation in, in God's original intent um, for in regards to us being used. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. So there is a purpose. There is a work that God wants you to walk in. It's gonna be very hard to walk with God if you're not willing to walk in the work that he has for you. It says, for we are his workmanship, meaning that we are a person, an individual being shaped and molded by him, created in the finished work of Jesus Christ, which God prepared beforehand. So before you was even thought of, God had already prepared the best life for you. See, God's life for you is not second class. It's not second handed. God's life for you is His best life for you. And so, when we understand that 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 God has a better life than the life that we even can fathom or even imagine, then we'll allow ourselves to be His workmanship, so that we can be a workman. A man that can work, a woman that can work, that can actually be a useful tool for God to use. It says that God pre- prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, right? Now, Matthew five sixteen says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. So we see that, that God wants us to shine. God wants us to get into the deep depths of mastery. He wants us to uh, exhibit levels of excellence in our expertise. He wants us to shine. So when people see our shine, then obviously the sun is behind us. So if the sun is behind us and we're shining, then all glory goes back to God. Now, I have about four definitions, five definitions with the word use in them that I want to take time to define before I get into the four things that hinders God from using us as At a high level. And before I get into that, I want to make sure I labor on this for a few seconds. We should endeavor to be high fulfillers. We should endeavor to be purpose people, people who are willing to be used at a high level executing at such a high level that God is reaping a, a, a 30-fold, 60, 60-fold, 100-fold return over our lives. So that should be our mentality. What in my life is hindering me from being used by God at a high level? Let me get some people in the comments in the chat saying, raise your hand and say, I want to be used. How many people out there is like, coach, I want to be used by God? Raise your hand, comment saying, I want to be used. Let's keep going. Now let's define some words. Use, by definition, is to take hold or deploy something or someone as a means of accomplishing a purpose or achieving a result. So God wants to use us. He wants to take a hold of us. He wants to hold us. He wants to deploy us as a means, as a conduit, as an arm of accomplishing a purpose or achieving a result. So God wants to use us for a particular thing. Each and every one of us are being used. The question is, being used by whom? Being used by what? Accomplishing what purpose? And so, our hearts and mission should be God, take me, hold me, deploy me, put me in a position where you can use me for any mission, right? To accomplish, not to half done, not to half do or to barely get to, but to accomplish something like fulfill an assignment, a purpose, achieving a result. There is a result God wants to gain from your life. Now let's talk about the opposite of use, the word abuse. Abuse by definition is the abnormal use. Being abnormally taken, being abnormally held, being abnormally deployed, as a means of accomplishing a counterfeit purpose or achieving a counterfeit result. So abuse, if you separate the word, is abuse. Abuse is abnormal use. The reason why many of us are being abused by society, being abused by culture, being abused by people, because we don't know our proper use. In order for us to uh, know our proper use, we got to go to God and say, God, how do you want to use me? How do you want to use me? But the issue is we're being abnormally used because we don't know our uh, absolute use. And so you got to ask, am I being abused? Because women who know their proper use would never put themselves under abusive situations. A man who knows his proper use would not put himself under abusive situations because they know who they are and they know whose they are. Using by definition is in current use. Is God using you right now? God definitely wants to use you, but he can't use you if you're being abnormally used by someone else. That's your God, that's your idol, right? God wants to get you in a position where he is using. Right now, God is using me currently doing this video. He's using me. Every day, we should be able to say, God, use me. We should have the mindset and the heart to say, God, use me. Use me, God. And then when God is actually using us, we know to give glory to him, but we want to get to a place where God is using us on a minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, quarter by quarter, year by year basis, continuously using. the definition is used. Used is having been used before. I don't want to be a person that was once used by God. I don't want my best useful years to be previous years. I want my best useful years to be currently right now and the future. But "used" means having been used before. How many of you all have been used before, but it's been a long time since you've been used? right? So used is having been used before, already exhausted for its intended purpose. See, the devil wants you to be used up, so you won't be useful to God. He wants you to be in a place where you have already exhausted time, exhausted energy. And now, when God even comes in your vicinity, there's nothing He can use. And so, you got to say, What has been using me that has got me to a place where I'm used up that I can't be useful? So, used is having been used before, already exhausted for its intended purpose. You have to understand the enemies about our lives, have intentions for us to be used up. That's why he brings people in our lives. He brings influence in our lives to use up all the energy, to use up all the intentionality, to use up all the identity, to use up everything. So that about time you even in a position to be used by God, you're second-handed, used up. That doesn't mean God can't reuse and refurbish and reuse, but I want to be brand new. I want to be so new that I got that new car smell. I want to be so new that God's like, man, i got he always uh, uh, produces a new way of being used. Do you know that every day we should be endeavoring to get to a place where we offer God a better uh, uh, opportunity to use us? Increasing our vocabulary, enhancing our communication skills, uh, uh, deepening our fruit of the spirit in fellowship with the Holy Spirit so that we can always uh, increase our value, increase our ability to be used by God and wherever he wants to use us. Because could it be that you're not being used? The reason why you're not being used right now? Because you're already being used up. <clears throat> Let's talk about usage. Usage, by definition, is a habitual or customary practice, especially as creating a right obligation or standard. Usage. Here is my original usage. I was meant to be habitually used in communication. I was used to be habitually used in coaching and preaching and writing. Habitually. That's what I was supposed to be habitually used for. Customarily practice. This is what I do. So and in, to increase my usage rate, Another definition of usage, I think it was, and I didn't put it down here. Uh, another definition of usage is, uh, uh, man, let me look it up. Let me see. Usage definition. I don't think I can find it. I think I lost um, uh, Oh, no. Usage rate. There we go. Usage rate definition is <clears throat> a measure of the quality of a product consumed by user. Now, what does that mean? It means this, that my intention was to be used a certain kind of way, but I want to be of such good quality that I can be used for years. Now, how many of us know of a product? I can, you can think of a product right now that has that you've been using for years. old, reliable, been useful. The usage rate is, is at such quality that it can be used as such a as such a, for as many days as you want to. It is well built. It's of good quality. But how many of us know of a product or or whatever? That you only use one time. See, a a metal fork can be used for multiple years will be used at a higher rate than a plastic fork because a plastic fork is plastic. Plastic is not made of a quality of material that can outlast the elements. The issue is the reason why we we are not uh, in a level of fulfillment because we can't handle the elements. We got to be built of certain materials. We got to be built in uh, with the fruit of the spirit, it, the immaterial things that will be able to cause us to be at a high usage rate that we can be used for years. I want to be at a place where my body can handle a high usage rate, that my mind can handle a high usage rate. You want to get to a place where you can be at a place where you're used at a high usage rate because you made of such good materials that it can be passed down generationally. Because it's made of good materials. Your thoughts are made of good materials. Your feelings are made of good materials. Your ambitions are made of good materials. Your marriage is made of good materials. Your, your individuality is made of such good materials that God can say, hey, man, give me all, all reliable. All reliable. Josh, I've been using Josh for 14, 15 years. I've been using Kelly. I've been using Nubian soul child for, for 14 years. All reliable. Right? Because you made of the right stuff. Now, last but not least, it's useful. Useful useful by definition is able to be used for a practical purpose or in several ways. I love that. Useful. In order to be useful for God, you have to have ability. It says able to be used. I have the ability to be used by God. So God wouldn't use me in this regard if I don't have the ability to be used. Right? Like if I don't have have good communication skills, I'm not going to be useful to God and communicate. If I don't have a submission to God, I'm not gonna be able to be useful. So useful is having the abilities to be used for a practical purpose. We are purpose people for practical purposes. God wants to use your writing, your communicating, your drawing, your dance. He wants to use everything in such a way to the point to where you didn't conjure up ability. Create ability where you can be able to be a portfolio that God can look in and say, Oh wow, he has maximized, she has maximized 10 or 12 different gifts that I put in him or put in her. That I, he's so useful, she's useful, she's multi-useful, multi-dimensional, and that she can be used in several ways. Right now, I am a husband, I am a father, I am a son, I'm a brother, I'm a preacher, I'm a teacher. I'm a communicator. There's multiple gifts inside of me, writing, uh, speaking, concerts, All so many gifts, right? I have to maximize each one of those abilities for God, whenever he thinks and needs me for a particular moment, he can say, I can use that. See what I'm saying? My, my One of my coworkers, well, use me, Lord. There's a song that said, if you can use anything, Lord, <clears throat> you can use me. Well, that song's powerful. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. That's great to say, but if you don't have abilities, won't be used properly, right? So useful is able to be used for a practical purpose or in several ways. God, I have to be used in several ways. I just can't be useful as a father and not be useful as a husband. I can't be useful as, as a teacher if I'm not useful as a family man. All uses are connected, right? So we have to understand that. Now, here are some common factors that can hinder or limit our effectiveness in being used by God. Here are four things that can keep God from using us. Number one is unbelief. The number one thing that will hinder you from being used by God is unbelief. Unbelief in God, not, not having strong belief in God, not having strong belief in yourself, and not having strong belief in what you do. All right. Let's read this. When we lack faith and trust in God's power, not by might, nor by, uh, nor by uh, nor, not, not by might, but by his spirit. When we when we lack faith and trust in God's power and guidance, it can hinder our willingness to step out in obedience and allow him to work through us. Doubt and unbelief can limit our capacity to be used effectively for its purpose. See, excellency leads to effect effectiveness. Excellence leads to effectiveness, right? But it's going to be hard for you to be effective if you defective. If there's any defects, it's going to be hard for you to have a, a effect or effect on something. But when you doubt and have unbelief, it limits your capacity. See, that's why a lot of people get upset with God. They cry to God. Because they want something they don't have the capacity for. There's a lot of single people right now that really want to be married, but married, but they don't have the capacity to handle marriage. Capacity means I'm able to handle. For instance, this chair has the capacity to hold a 200 plus pound man. I will not sit in a chair that doesn't have the capacity to hold me. What's the purpose? So why asking people to sit in your life when you don't have the capacity to hold their life? Can you even hold your end of the deal that you're trying to make a deal in? People are trying to make a deal in something that they don't even They're not even healed enough for to make deals for. And so you got to say, do I have the capacity of belief? Like you got to believe it before you see it. You got to believe it before you receive it. If you don't have belief, then man, you're going to be light as a leaf. Like you're not going to be, you're not going to bear no fruit. You're not going to really be useful. You got to have strong belief. You got to say, no, I believe the promises of God. I believe that I'm well able. I believe that God can use me. I believe. If you don't have no belief, if you have doubt, how can God put you out and put you out there in purpose if you have doubt, right? And so when we lack faith and trust in God's power, that means we a strong believing person believes in the power of God and they believe in his guidance. They trust him. It can hinder our willingness. If you have disbelief or doubt, you're not going to be willing to step out. Doubt and unbelief can limit our capacity to be used effectively for his purposes. The issue is the reason why we're not useful useful to God, because we want to be used in our purposes, but not in God's purposes. The Bible says many are the plans in a man or woman's heart, but it's the purposes of the Lord that prevails. Do you understand that? We have to understand it. Even me that I can make up all the plans in the world, but if it's not God's purpose, it will not prevail. I only want things that prevail. I don't want hell. I want things that will prevail. And so if we really get to a place of belief, then God can really use us because it's hard for God to use us in the arts. So use us in business or use us in the school systems or use us if we don't believe that he can use us. So what is those insecurities? What are those inadequacies? What are those low self-esteem points in your life that's pointing you away from the place that God wants to put you because he knows that you're well-built for it? but we have to be His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, all right? Next, number two, another thing that keeps God from using using us is pride and selfishness. When we are consumed with pride, self-centeredness, or desire for personal recognition and glory, it can hinder God from using us. Humility and a willingness to surrender our own agenda and desires are crucial, crucial for God to work through us. God cannot work through a proud person. God can't work through a proud, loud person. He works through humble people, like humble people. He works through people who says, I am nothing without God. So all of my something is rooted in my nothingness, but I'm only who I am by the grace of God. Therefore, now what I do give to God can be greatly used by him. So are you proud? Are you selfish? God can't use a selfish man to hold up his end of the deal in a marriage, nor a selfish woman. God cannot use anyone that's still anchored in being identified in what they found found pride in. There's nothing wrong with being proud of your accomplishments. There's nothing wrong with be proud of your successes, but you can't be identified by them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Those things cannot be the reason. Why you feel the way you feel about yourself. God has to be the ultimate thing you're proud of. It has to be the ultimate thing you are prized about, excited about. So that pride doesn't cause you to go down a path that you don't want to go down. Number three, unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin is another thing that will hinder us from being effectively used by God. Let's read. If we harbor, that means hold within, knowingly. unconfessed sin. Or unknowingly in our lives and fail to seek repentance and forgiveness, it can create a barrier between us and God. Sin can hinder the flow of the Holy Spirit through us and limit our effectiveness in carrying out his purpose. If I fall into sin today, I will I will, I will be proven unable to fulfill the the, the, the fullness of my marriage. If I have, if I have harbored, harbor sins means when something's in a harbor, somebody on the harbor knows that there's a ship there. So when you harbor something, it means you know it's there. You know it's a sin. You love it. You don't want to, you don't want to get rid of it. You don't want to confess it. And so that unconfessed sin, that habitual sin that you practice knowingly, practice in such a way where you don't really want to find a way out of it. That right there, harboring it, keeping that sinful ship at, in your harbor and failing to seek repentance. Seeking repentance means, God, God seeking repentance means seeking a renewed way of thinking. Repentance, I'm seeking repentance. I'm seeking uh, uh, the renewal of the Holy Spirit. I'm seeking to be changed. God, like, like there are some people right now who are in sin, but they're not trying to practice it no more. They, they, they they're in sin, but they don't have the right information. <clears throat> they're in ignorance. They're in doubt. They're, there's layers to it. So God understands that 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 that, that there's reasons why people are st- still operating in sin because they they're trying to get they they're learning the way their way out Their 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 minds and souls. See, for instance, when I confess and repent of my sin legally, I break all types of demonic uh, holes, impressiveness in my life. Legally, I confessed it. Legally, I repent from it. Legally, I'm, I, I've received the forgiveness of God in that particular area. But the soul realm has so many layers in it that there takes a mind renewal for us to, uh, to for it to uh, uh, connect to the legalities that's already been done when I confess my sin. So some people have repented, have confessed. But right now, the Holy Spirit is still working them out to become their best. So they go from sinning all the time to now having a, 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 an awareness of how that sin is separating them from being effective in the things of God. Now their mind is now shifting in the right direction towards repentance. And now they're in a, in, a, in a path where the Holy Spirit can now renew them. And now they go from sinning all the time in arrogance or sinning all the time in ignorance to sin. I sin. I fell the other day, but man, I don't want to do this no more. I have a different uh, viewpoint of the sin. Now I have a distaste for it. And then all of a sudden I go from sinning all the time to sinning some of the time to sinning often to sinning rarely to not even having that sin in my life. But you have to confess that sin because confession is, is, is a byproduct of a heart that has been humbled. You're going to always fumble if you're not humble. And so no matter whatever it is that you're trying to do in your life, you will fumble it if you're not humble with it. Last but not least, lack of surrender. When we hold on tightly to our own plans, ambitions, and control, it can prevent God from fully using us. Surrendering our will to his being open to his leading and guidance and yielding ourselves completely to his purposes are essential for him to work through us effectively. So what plans are you holding on to? What man are you still holding on to? What woman are you still holding on to? What ideas are you still holding on to? That God's like, yo, that ain't even a part of the plans. And it's keeping you from being. Effective. God's like, hey man, go do what you want to do, fam. I can't use you. Have you ever been in partnership with somebody and they just want to do what they want to do? Play on a basketball team with somebody. They just want to do what they want to do. Been 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 in a coworker type vibe, whatever, with someone and they want to do what they want to do. Man, that gets that gets annoying. You're like, man, man, you got it. You can have it, man. I don't even want to play no more. Been plenty of times I played basketball with people and this person ain't even playing within uh, uh the right way of basketball. I was like, man, I'm gonna go put my shoes, take these basketball shoes, put them other shoes. I'm going home. There's no even need. So God is like, y'all, man, every time I pass you the rock, man, you airballing. Every time I pass you the rock, you step out of bounds. Every time I pass you the rock, you traveling. So, man, what's the point? Do what you want to do. Do your own plans. I'm going to go play on a team that wants to win, right? And so we got to think of it that way. Let's continue. Now, God desires to use us for various purposes in alignment with his will. While there are numerous ways God may choose to work through individuals, here are some other ways that God wants to use us. Four ways. Number one, he wants to use us to spread the gospel. Number two, he wants to use us to serve others. Number three, he wants to use us to make disciples. Number four, he wants to bring about transformation in the world. God wants to use us to bring about transformation in the world around us. This can involve being agents of positive change, promoting justice, mercy, and righteousness in our spheres of influence and actively working to make a difference in society. So God wants to use us to create transformation in the world. We're transformed to transform. You see what I'm saying? We're transformed to become better individuals. So that when we're out there, God pulls us off the shelves, that we can be useful to transform how people think about themselves, to transform how people view about marriage, to transform. So God wants to bring about transformation. He wants us to make disciples. He wants us to serve others. He wants us to spread the gospel. For times, I'm moving through these points. Now, here are some of the internal qualities or attributes that God wants to use. He wants to use our faith. God wants to use our faith to move mountains and accomplish the extraordinary. He calls us to trust in him wholeheartedly, believing in his promises and relying on his power to God. So he wants to use our faith, little faith, man. He said, I can still use little faith, but man, he wants to get us to big faith. Number two, he wants to use our love. God wants to use the love that he has poured into our hearts. The, the love that we have in our hearts already is contaminated, carnal, self, selfish. <clears throat> so that love got to be poured out. So that his love can be poured in by loving him and loving our neighbors. We can be vessels of his love and demonstrate his unconditional compassion and grace to people. Number three, he wants to use our me <clears throat> humility. God wants to use our humility to demonstrate his strength and wisdom. See, God can God can. The Bible says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So when we realize that we're weak. Then we can work through us because now we will be really strengthened for the full work now you can you can you can you can offer some work on your own like if I go to some random person's life I do my experiences expertise I can I can really have an effective uh, impact on somebody right but when I'm in God's strength then I can really destroy yokes you see what I'm saying see it's the anointing of God to destroy yokes so when I'm humble, His strength and wisdom can work through me. When we humble ourselves before him, acknowledging our need for him and surrendering our own pride, he can work through us in powerful ways. Next, he wants to use our gifts and talents. God has uniquely equipped each individual with specific gifts, talents and abilities. He wants to use these gifts to bring about his purposes in the world. So God wants to use each and every one of your gift. there's not one gift inside of you that God doesn't want to use. God still wants to use my concert creating skills. God still want to use all the things in my past. He may not want to use them now, but he's going to want to use them again. So I got to be cognizant of every gift and mastering them and maximizing them. So when a master has need of them, they're, they can be used to the maximum. He wants to use these gifts to bring about his purposes in the world, whether it be through leadership, through creativity, through the arts, through teaching or through serving or other areas of influence. Next, he wants to use our character. God desires to shape our character and use our transformed inner selves as a witness to his transforming power. So that's why you got to let the, you got to let the story play out because you got to let the, the reason why the story has to play out so people can see the difference. So people, so you go from being a villain to a healing for civilians. You went from being a villain to a healing for civilians. So now you're able to be a useful person to help people because now you a different character. Anyone, if anyone be in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things becoming new. He wants to use qualities such as integrity. These are character traits, integrity, perseverance kindness, and forgiveness to reflect his nature and draw others to him. So when we're more like him, we can can make more like him. When we're more like him, we can be used by God to make more people like him. Next, obedience. God wants to use our obedience to his will and his word. When we align our actions and decisions with his guidance, we position ourselves to be used by him in accordance with his plan and purpose. Meaning, I got to be aligned. To his original design for my life if i'm not aligned to his original design for my life then he won't assign anything to me to do because he knows we're going to do he's we're going to end up or we're going to end up doing it in the world's design next you got to be spirit filled he wants to use your spirit filled life god wants to use our yieldedness to the holy spirit's work within us by allowing the Holy Spirit to empower God and transform us, we become vessels through which God can work My Now, how to be useful to God? Using points that spell the word how. How can we become more useful to God where when God looks our way, we're all reliable. We're older reliable. God can use. Number one, H, humility. Cultivate a humble heart. We talked about pride. We talked about humility. But cultivate. Cultivates is fostering growth. Cultivating means I'm getting things ready for growth. Cultivating a humble heart and recognize your dependence on God. Acknowledge that it is God who equips and empowers. See, humility is a mindset, mindset. It's a state of mind. Either we create that state of mind or the lack of not creating a state of mind causes not to be in a place of humility, but a place of humiliation. I don't think nobody wants to raise a hand. Nobody wants to be humiliated. Right. We want to be already in humility. Uh, Acknowledge that it is God who equips and empowers us for his purpose. Surrender your own desires and agendas and seek his will above all else. Right now, you got to say above all else. I'm seeking God's will that is above everything. What is God's will for marriage? What is God's will for man, manhood? What's God's will for womanhood? What's God's will for parenting? What's God's will for creating? What's God's will for performance? What's God's will for ambition? What's God's will for business? Only way we can find that is if we humble ourselves. Number two, O, obedience. In order to be useful to God, we got to be willing to obey. In order for us to go the full way, we got to obey. Like in order for us to get to that promised land, we have to obey. <clears throat> What God say, be obedient to God's commands and God is revealed in his word. See, the issue is a lot of people want God's rhema word, but they don't want to read his revealed word. All right. So be obedient to God's commands and God is revealed in his word. Align your thoughts, words and actions with his principles. Principles are key. If I if I obey the principles, then I will find myself further along down the path. Then I will find my life prospering. Then I will find my life full of peace because I'm aligning my life to God's principles in his written word. Align your thoughts to his principles. Align your words to his principles. Align your actions to his principles. Trust and follow his leading, even when it may be challenging or uncomfortable. Because in order for us to really grow, we have to not be in comfort zones because you can't grow in comfort. You grow when challenged. Last but not least, W, worship and work ethic. Cultivate a lifestyle of worship and reverence toward God. See, worship is not what you do between an hour of 10 and 11 on Sunday mornings. Worship is not what you do when you sing it along to these sing-along songs that most of them are, are proven been wrong. That's not worship. Worship is from your core of you. Worship, the Bible says, when uh, Jesus said, "My Father is looking for true worshipers, those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth." Authentic, true worship is worship that is worshiped from our spirit, not our soul, not our bodies. Now, worship may be an ex- may be expressed through our soul through songs or through our bodies through what we do, but true worship is from our spirit, man our spirit man houses our personality our spirit man houses our gifts and talents our our spirit man houses our authentic selves so when we worship from our spirit and from a place of truth authenticity originality that permeates through our thought realm through our words it permeates through our feelings it permeates through our ideas it permeates through our soulless realm and then it starts finding itself through our limbs our, our, our senses, it, it starts permeating through our sight, permeating through our ears, permeating through our, our mouths, permeating through our nose, permeating through all of our senses, hands, feet, all that stuff. Seek to honor him in all areas of life. Worship is not just worship him in a building. Worship starts with yielding, recognizing that your ultimate purpose is to bring glory to his name. So when that's a mindset, That you endeavor to bring glory to his name, then you always be called into the game. Because coach gonna be like, I can use him. He's useful. He don't turn the ball over. She don't turn the ball over. Work ethic. Demonstrate a strong work ethic in all that you do. Approach your task and responsibilities. See, I have to have work ethic. Not just in my writing skills. My work ethic shouldn't be only strong in my speaking skills. My work ethic shouldn't be strong in my expressiveness. My work ethic should also be strong in work ethics in being a husband. Work ethics in being a father. Work ethics at being a, a pillar in my family. Work ethics in, in, in those things. It says also in responsibilities. Not just in task, Because we like to be asked for tasks when it comes to responsibilities, we prove we're not having the ability to properly respond. It says uh, approach your task and responsibilities with excellence, dedication, and diligence. Whatever work or service God has entrusted to you. Entrusted is such a valuable word that God said, yo, I gave you this. Yo, mama did. See, the only thing our moms and dads gave us is, is, is features and previous fumblings. In the, in, the, in the guise of generational curses, that's what they or generational blessings, that's what they gave us. But God gave us a lot more, He entrusted us gifts and talents that are valuable. That's why I tell people a broke person, is not a person that doesn't have the money, a broke person who is a person who doesn't know their work. When you work, then comes wealth. When you work your work at a high level, then you can reach wealth at a high level. Wealth, I'm talking about internal wealth, external wealth, financial wealth, relational wealth, all of that. It says commit to it wholeheartedly, giving your best effort as unto the Lord. So what does that mean? So when I work unto the Lord, I will always exceed the expectations of people. And when you exceed expectations of people, people will pay you more. That's why in every coaching call I do, I exceed the expectations. I, no matter what I do, I work it to the Lord. I exceed expectations. And then when there's a, uh, when there's time to give, when it's time to pay, people will pay the high price because they know, Hey man, this person has exceeded his exerting his level of excellence to such a degree that man, I'm going to give him my best. <clears throat> but when we have the mindset of giving less then we we can't expect to get God's best or people's best. If we're settling for less. So when I have a strong work ethic, that means I'm in a place of mastery. That means I'm in a place where I'm so good that you can't help but pay me. That I'm so good that God's like, yo, get my boy, Josh. Get my get Natasha. Get Kiara. Get Nubia Soulchild. Get Juan or Jean. Get him because, man, no, they, they, they really good at what they do. It doesn't matter who's more popular than me. They ain't more anointed. It don't matter who's more popular. It's all about the anointing. Who cares if that person's been appointed? Just focus on being anointed. Because when you focus on being anointed, then man, when you start destroying yokes, you'll never be broke. So when you are yoke destroying individual operating in high levels of mastery, nothing can stop you. Nothing can hinder you. Then God said, I'm going to use you at the premium places. Because you don't, you don't got to a place where you are so skilled like David, so skilled like Joseph. Joseph, 14 years, been interpreting dreams. It took him 14 plus years to get to a place where he was second in place of a, of a, of a secular land. Jesus was about his father's business since 12, but it didn't manifest until 30. The issue is we don't want to go into the dark to develop mastery. We want to be in a light. But then when we get into the light and prove and not be able to to be strengthened, then the light burns us. The light becomes too hot. There's people in Africa. There's people in in hot countries that can come to a hot place in America and won't be affected by it. But somebody from some cold land go to a hot land, they can't stomach it. That's what happens when people travel to places where they haven't been accustomed. And so what am I saying? Go to the master find out what the God, what, find out what God wants you to master, focus on mastery, then my friend, you will never have to worry about uh, money, opportunities, etc. No matter what the economy says, no matter what everything is saying, people will come looking for you. Now, how to position yourself to be more used by God? H, you got to be humble. Two, you gotta be obedient. Three, you gotta worship from your true self, worship from, worship God in spirit and in truth. And you have to have a strong work at it so God can say, man, that's premium gifts right there. See, that ain't that ain't no bottom shelf at Walmart type stuff. That's 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 Neiman Marcus, that's Louis Vuitton, that's 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 better quality. That's that's a Rolls-Royce type of gift right there. That ain't that ain't no Mitsubishi. That ain't no knock to those companies there, but that ain't but that ain't no little uh, uh Piata, or whatever them cars call uh, Piata. That ain't ain't no Piata. That's a Louis, that's a Louis. That's a that's a Rolls-Royce. I want I want that when I pull up to any venue, people look at me like I'm a Rolls-Royce. You want to be able to pull up places where people turn heads, because they're going to be like, man, this person is way ahead of where I'm at. This person is at a level of excellence that I can't even really talk junk about. So when you pull up, are you a beat down car? Or are you a Roy's Royce pulling up? Are you something that can be torn to pieces because you're not made of good quality? Or are, you, or are you so good, you made so well, that no matter what hell and high waters comes your way, you'll never fail? This is something that we got to get into. And so thank y'all so much for joining me. (laughs) Thank y'all so much for watching, man. Check out, I have some things that I I think will be a blessing to you. If you want to get to a place where you are very clear about your purpose, that you have mental clarity, if you want to get to a place where you have an established mindset that can actually fulfill purpose without self-doubt or insecurities. If you want to get to a place where your mind is not bombarded by oppression, but you want to get to a place where you're operating mentally clear, where the Holy Spirit can use you and draw you nearer and closer to your purpose, then I have a mindset program for you. Go to my website, my Coach Josh dot com forward slash mindset mastery it's actually in the link in the description box let me go ahead and get the link now for those who's watching live mindset mastery it's a it's a hybrid program of mindset and purpose and there's a phase two program called multi-purpose master purpose mastery right and so but if you say coach i need help with my mindset my mindset is off it's not settled in God, it can't even be used by God to do anything, then this program is for you. Go ahead and read through it, fill out the application. And uh, we already got about 14 people in there. We've been rocking and rolling, but it's a at your own pace program. You will be able to uh, join me on Zoom two uh, twice a week. But that is not what I'm trying to get you to focus on. I want you to focus on the outcome you desire mentally. Think about it. Where do you see yourself? Where is your most mentally clear place? What could you do with a mind that's clear? What could you do with a mind that's functioning at a high level? What could you do? Dream a little. And then go to that website, Mindset Mastery, and learn how I can help you get to that place where you're mentally clear so that you can be clear on to fill in your purpose and multiple purpose at a high level. So check that out. Also check out some other books called Purpose. This is the latest book that I, uh, that I wrote called Multi Purpose. Great tool, great resource that I think will be a blessing to you. We also got merch called Well Done. You got to be well to do well to eventually position yourself to hear well done from God. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, be a great resource for you. If you're looking at something right now, someone right now, and you don't know if it's a counterfeit or a counterpart, then this book right here, Counterfeit or Counterpart, will help you discern the will of God for your life. Uh, Also, we got a book called Facts Over Feelings. If you want to get to a place to start to to, uh, to continuously to fulfill your purpose in life and to overcome those feelings that's keeping you from fulfilling, this book, Facts Over Feelings, would be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a journal to help you examine the areas where you have holes, that's keeping you from holding things how they was designed to be held. In this book, *The Holding Journal* will be a great resource for you. If you're single right now, you want to learn about the purpose of singleness to the point to where you can maximize your singleness so that you can made, be made of the right materials for marriage or whatever state or uh, stage of life you want to go to. In this book, *The Purpose of Singleness* will be a great resource for you. Also, if you're looking for a dating prep resource, a book that can help you prep yourself to date date the love of your life forever, even if you're married, it's a good book so that you can really talk about non-negotiables, really start talking about whether or not y'all on the same page, parenting, all that kind of stuff. So if you're single, courting, or marry. This book, Dating Prep, will be a good resource for you. Also, check out my website for the Dating Prep Card Game. And last but not least, I got two more books. There's a book I have on spiritual warfare. If you want to learn more about the whole armor of God so that you can war well, when hell comes against you, this book, World War Me, will teach you about the whole armor of God and how to war. And if you struggle, if you have a young person, third grade, fourth grade and up, and you want them to find their art form so they can really fulfill their purpose at a high level, this book, as he says, It was made for elementary kids, middle school kids. Uh, And so this book would be a great resource for them. Also check out the merch. All that good stuff is available on my website. Thank y'all so much for joining me. Thank y'all so much for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and comment. Subscribe, hit the bell. Check out the recommended video to the right uh, and all that good stuff. And and I love you all. Thank y'all so much for joining me. I'll catch y'all on the next one. I love y'all. Peace.